Friday night, and that means it's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. We've got it all. Top jockeys. Top trainers. Top testers. And top personalities from the world of racing. So make sure you join us every Friday night at 7 o'clock here on Three Valleys Radio for the Bresbet Racing Show. Well, good evening. It's A.D. Hopper here and welcome to the Racing Show. This is the last one before Christmas and, of course, Boxing Day and the King George. So we've got all the usual guests on the show tonight, including Simon Holt, who will be here with a uh, preview of the big race on Boxing Day. And we've also got Gavin Sheehan, Nick Schofield, Colin Brown, Holly Doyle and all our usual guests. So let's not waste any more time and get straight into the news from all the racing media with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to the Racing News, which is all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. Here's our first story this week. Record breaker Rachel Blackmore has described winning the 2021 RTE Sport Sports Person of the Year Award as, quote, phenomenal, after receiving the prestigious honour at a ceremony on Saturday evening. Blackmore made history last season by becoming the first female jockey to win the Leading Rider Award at the Cheltenham Festival in a week when Honeysuckle played a starring role in the champion hurdle. A great season became a magical one when Blackmore smashed another record, this time becoming the first female to win the Grand National at Aintree on another Henry de Bromhead-trained horse, Minella Times. Blackmore fought off competition from boxers Kelly Harrington and Katie Taylor, golfer Leona Maguire, Paralympians Ellen Keane and Jason Smith, Limerick hurling star Sean Lynch and Meath footballer Vicky Wall. The 32-year-old jockey joined Barry Garrity from 2003 and A.P. McCoy from 2013 as racing's only winners of the national accolade since its inception in uh, 1985. Saturday's award sugar-coated an amazing week for Blackmore, who was also crowned HRI Irish Racing Hero and the Irish Times Sportswoman of the Year. She could win a remarkable fourth award of the week on Sunday evening at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Awards, when she is one of six nominees for the World Sports Star category. Her rivals include Formula One world champion Max Verstappen, tennis star Novak Djokovic and American football legend Tom Brady. Speaking after collecting the prestigious honour at an RTE ceremony on Saturday night, Blackmore said, It's incredible. When you see the list of names who have won this award, to even be nominated is fantastic. You'd be blown away by the year of sport that was, and to be recognised like this is phenomenal. It's been an incredible year for women in sport. I'm just a bit overwhelmed. Asked to pinpoint a highlight from 2021, Blackmore said, It's hard to believe that it all happened this year. The Grand National is such a special race. It's what I thought of as a kid on my pony, my first interest in racing. 
To participate in that race is such a big deal, and then to win it is something you can't even dream about. She added, "I have snippets of the race that I remember. After that, it's definitely a bit blurry. I rode in a race afterwards, and I can't tell you anything about it. It was an incredible moment. The elation when you cross the line is hard to explain." Blackmore paid tribute to Henry de Bromhead's exploits during a remarkable 2021, having teamed up for an unprecedented success in some of the sport's biggest meetings. Being associated with Henry de Bromhead's stable has taken my career to a whole new level," said Blackmore. And our next story here on the racing news: Tom Dascombe said the decision made by Michael Owen to end their successful trainer-owner partnership came as a quote complete shock. After it was revealed on Thursday, he would no longer train for the yard the ex-footballer joint owns. Former England international Owen, who owns Main Manor House Stables with Betfair founder Andrew Black, released a statement on Twitter saying he would no longer be working with Dascombe after more than twelve years together, and that they had partnered on great terms. But Dascombe spoke of his surprise at the decision, which he said he learned about two days ago. He said, "It's come as a complete shock to me. I've only known about this for forty-eight hours." I've had to tell my family, and the hardest thing was telling all the my staff here. I'll have to consider my options and find somewhere to go and train. He added, as they say, I started out with nothing, but I've got most of it left, so I'll just carry on. The Group One winning trainer is unsure where he will train next year, but insists he will not be quitting. He said, "There's one thing for sure: I will be training racehorses next year, but I just don't know where." I haven't had enough time to consider it with the speed of everything that's happened. I'll carry on. What else am I going to do? What else do I know anything about? Dascombe received a fillip when the John Dance-owned Skittlebombs won the Six Furlong Nursery Handicap at Southwell on Thursday. After which he said, "I am absolutely thrilled he's won. On the back of today's news, it's probably the best winner I've had in my twelve years here because it goes to show we are carrying on with the job." I know he's only won a Southwell all-weather race, but he's going the right way. John Dance deserves all the success he can have. He's a straightforward owner, and lets me get on with the job. In all but three years, Dascombe has had more than fifty winners since teaming up with Owen. His highest tally was seventy-nine in twenty-twelve. He has saddled fifty-eight this year at a thirteen percent winning strike rate. The pair notably enjoyed great success with Brown Panther, who won the 2014 Irish St Ledger, plus the Dubai Gold Cup, Goodwood Cup, and King George V Stakes at Royal Ascot, and also finished second in the 2011 St Ledger. He earned more than 1.1 million in prize money before suffering a fatal injury when defending his Irish St Ledger crown in 2015. Owen said in his Twitter statement. After more than twelve years as trainer, Tom Dascombe will be leaving Manor House Stables in the new year. We have shared many great times and races together, and created memories that will last a lifetime. I would like to place on record my own personal thanks for all his hard work and support over the years. We part on great terms, and everyone at MHS will miss him and wishes him all the very best for the future. Colin Gorman and the rest of the MHS team will naturally oversee things once Tom departs, and it will be very much business as usual until we appoint Tom's replacement. And to finish the racing news today is an update on our first story. 
Rachel Blackmore's astonishing year has been capped by success in the World Sports Star category at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Awards. That's her fourth accolade in as many days. Blackmore, who was speaking to the BBC via video link from Manchester Airport, said, It was just an incredible year and far surpassed anything I could have ever imagined. The reaction has been brilliant. For me personally, they are such massive things to achieve, but when you can bring a bit of joy to other people, it makes them even more special. She added, To be honest, I got such a kick out of being on that list of nominees. This has been this week's racing news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. On behalf of myself, Mike Padden and the team here, may I wish you all the very, very best for Christmas and the new year. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time. Well, that's a breakdown of some of the top stories in the racing media this week. And now it's time to catch up with all the fixtures for this weekend and further ahead. So, as usual, Boxing Day is a bumper day for racing. And we're going to start with seven races over the jumps at Sedgefield. 11.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby. 11.52 start. Seven races over the jumps at Market Raisin, 11.55 start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at Fontwell, 11.57 start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at uh, Leopardstown in Ireland with a 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 12.06 start. Uh, Huntingdon, we then go to seven races over the jumps at Down Royal in Ireland. Seven races over the jumps down in the West Country at Wincanton with a 12.18 start. Back to Ireland, seven races over the jumps in Limerick, 12.25 start. Six races over the jumps at Kempton, where of course we have the King George and a 12.45 start. Seven races over the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 150 start. And finally, two races on the flat at Fairgrounds in the USA on dirt, it says, with a 9.33 start. So there we go, a bumper a day, if ever. Earlier in the year, we had a chance to have a chat with Holly Doyle, a flat racing sensation, if ever we heard one. And this is what Holly had to say about when she went over to Santa Anita in California. During that time, you went to um, to Santa Anita in California. What, what what was that all about? Oh, yeah. I went there um, for a stint in the winter b- between Dave Evans and Richard Hannon just to get a bit more experience riding track work. And um, I think I was only 17, so um, I hadn't really left the country, really, apart from going skiing a few times. So it was a big, um, big big shot consistent really I wasn't very street wise and um, went out there on my own so um, it was a good experience and then that kind of helped me when I went to Richards then I had a bit more experience under my belt what was it like over at Santa Anita I mean that's quite a quite a bold step it's just a 17 year old first time away straight across to the yeah big, it was in the, the middle of California obviously um, so pretty full on and different very different to the racing style over here and training style. So, yeah, I learnt a lot. Do, do they not tend to do everything on timing some more over there than, than we do over here? Yeah, they time all their track work, so you learn about pace and timing. It's quite a lot out there. And when you came back, I mean, how, how useful was the experience in terms of your overall development? Yeah, really useful. I mean, I had a bit more of a clue of what, what was going on around me and 
um, although it's very different in England to how they ride out there and sometimes the, t- the fractions you learn aren't um, relevant but um, definitely gives you a rough idea of pace. Then looking at your timeline here, um, which uh, Wikipedia very kindly laid out for me, um, you won your first listed race on Billsden Bess, again at Salisbury, yeah, in 2017? Yeah, that was my first listed winner for Richard Hallam. I was still an apprentice, so it was a big um, big deal back then, and yeah, it was an amazing day Yeah, um, to get that first listed winner. That's a nice place, Salisbury, too, to ride a winner, I think. I always think it's really nice there. Um, so, at, at, you know, at this point, what what were your thoughts? I mean, you know, you, you'd obviously sold on the idea you were going to be a professional um, uh, uh, flat jockey, but, I mean, at this point, you still had to ride out your claim, presumably, did you? Yeah, I rode out my claim not long after that, um, and then things escalated again. I mean, I started riding, I rode for a lot of different trainers and um, I've got offered a job with Archie Watson well I was still right I was riding out for him when I was an apprentice once a week and I lost my claim and um, got a job there so um, kind of rode out for him three or four times a week while still riding out for Richard Hannon every now and then and um, yeah things started escalating I started riding abroad quite a lot um, yeah and travelling the world really right and and where have you been you know abroad France presumably um, France, Germany, um, America, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, um, pretty much everywhere. But I want to go to Australia still, so. Well, you haven't done bad so far, have you? That's why I say you are the queen of the turf, Holly, without uh, any questions. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's amazing at your age to be of all those places abroad and ridden abroad. I mean, I, I find it it's just amazing. So 2019, you were awarded a Leicester, would you believe? Yeah, that was really good to win a Leicester. Obviously, it's something I'd always hoped of winning one day, mm. um, and I finally got one, so that was nice. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, in the last, I don't know, well, certainly the last five years, you know, the, the presence of, of female jockeys has become much more um, increased, hasn't it? And, and it's not just you. I mean, there's an awful lot of um, good sort of female jockeys about now. So to win that was quite an achievement. Yeah, and it's nice because it's your um, peers that kind of vote for you. So it's nice to know that the people you're working with are rooting for you and stuff like that. It's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then... Um, your first win at Royal Ascot was in 2020. Presumably that was behind closed doors, as it were, was it? Because we would have been in, in the middle of the pandemic then? Yeah, that was when we were in the pandemic, so that was behind closed doors. It was a um, pretty good good day, despite the crowd being there. Yeah, and a 33-1 to 1 shot as well, Scarlet Dragon. Mm. Um, yeah, Scarlet Dragon, the, um, he's a horse I'd have quite a lot to... To do with over the last few years he um gave me my big kind of standout handicap winner and his apprentice so he's been a good horse for me um, was it one with richard hannon or um no alan king right right and, and mm. do you, have you ridden many for alan king because he, he's doesn't he specialize more in sort of um you know dual purpose horses and horses at longer distances generally um he's got a bit of both he's um a very good trainer who I've been riding for since I was an apprentice and I've had plenty of success with him, so he's a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, at this point, I mean, what's it like being um, a female jockey amidst all the boys? Um, I don't know, I don't really notice the difference. There isn't any, just something I, you know, it's part of my life and it's something I've never really considered, so 
Do they sort of wind you up? Do you have a bit of banter with them as well? Um, yeah, I have a bit of crack with everyone, really. I get on with pretty much everyone there in the weighing room, which is nice. Mm. Um, so it's good atmosphere. And, of course, you've got, you, you've got your minder there as well, haven't you? The what, sorry? You've got your minder around. Tom. Who's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's um, around most of the time, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you obviously met Tom through racing, I take it, yeah? Yeah, I met Tom when I was pony racing. I must have been 14 or 15 and the best friends from a really young age so yeah. I've known him forever really oh right so it's a it's a long term relationship that's for sure then if you met him that young yeah yeah and um you know is it is there any wedding bells in the, in the distance or what um well I'm, we're engaged so we've got to plan a wedding but we don't really have any time to do that at the moment mm. things are pretty crazy in our lives so it's brushed to one side at the minute well, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure it's uh, it's going to be a big day when it happens. That's for the whole race to be there, I should imagine, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I don't really want a big wedding. Do you? Um, but, nah, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Holly Doyle, who very kindly came on the show and chatted to us about her career to date uh, a few weeks ago. Well, as we all know, it's Boxing Day coming up very shortly, and that means the King George. And we're very lucky that uh, leading race caller Simon Holt has joined us to give us his preview of the big race at Kempton Park on Boxing Day. Well, I'm delighted to say that Simon Holt has joined us again to have a look at the King George meeting at uh, Kempton. Good, good evening, Simon. How are you? Very well. Happy Christmas to you, AD, and uh, all your listeners. Thank you very much, and thanks for helping us out throughout the year. It's been an absolute godsend, so I'm really grateful to you for that. It's a pleasure. No worries. Good, good. We're going to have a look at Kempton, yeah? Well, obviously, it's it's the highlight, isn't it, yeah. of every Boxing Day, the King George, the sixth chase, and um, it looks a cracking race. It really does on, yeah. on Boxing Day, and we've got Frode on, of course, one so memorably last year, jumping brilliantly as he always does. And uh, he's got to go well again after his win at Down Royal. And Paul Nichols has also got Clandes Obo, who won the race twice already, uh, with only third last year. But Paul felt that the horse was maybe a little bit jaded after running in the Betfair chase. So what he's done this season is he's laid off him and he's just prepared him to reappear in the King George. So we know he goes around Kempton. He finished last season with a real flourish with wins and Aintree and Punchestown. And um, I saw a little bit of footage the other day and I thought the horse looked marvellous. But there is a bit of a class act in this field, I think. And it does come with uh, a few question marks. But uh, I think Manello Indo's performance when he won the Cheltenham Gold Cup in March, beating Aplutar, who has since bolted up in the fair chase this season with the dual gold cup winner album photo well beaten off in third i mean i just think that's just an outstanding bit of form yeah and probably one of the best gold cups probably since the quarto star denman era i would i would say and um he's been aimed at this race now he was beaten by frode on at down royal first time out but I'd be pretty sure that Henry de Bromhead, his trainer, left plenty to work on there. And on form and on all the official handicappers' ratings, you know, he's quite a bit ahead of some of these. Not far ahead of Clandes Oboe, but the others have all got plenty to find if Manella Indo is in that sort of form. Now, the questions that surrounding him, I think he'll be, he's been trained for the race, so I think he'll be ready. 
But of course, his best form has come at Cheltenham, which is left-handed, undulating, stiff uphill finish. Here, he's running on a flat right-handed course, a little bit shorter than the Gold Cup distance, three miles. It's a bit more of a speed test at Kempton, though I think the winner always has to stay well. So there's just that question whether he's going to be as effective round Kempton. But I think if he is, then he's the one to beat. He's the one they've all got to beat. If he's if he runs up to his Gold Cup winning form, then, uh, you know, he's a pretty good horse. And um, I think, uh, providing there's plenty of pace on, which will suit him, I suspect that Frodon will go off in front as usual. He didn't need necessarily go too quick, but um, I think that at least there is a definite front runner in the field, and that, that will help Minella Indo again. And he, he challenged Frodon at Down Raw, but um, I think it was just fitness telling a little bit in the closing stages, whereas Frodon was absolutely primed that race in down raw so uh, very interesting absolutely um any dark horses that you can see there i mean i'm looking at particularly uh lost in translation uh saint calvados because well mainly because i was talking to gavin sheehan yesterday i just wondered if there's any there that you see that look uh you know that could, or chantry house is another one that could uh, perhaps upset the apple cart well i i always think even though, as I said earlier, this is a bit more of a speed test than the Gold Cup, I still think that the King George winner has got to stay the three miles well. And uh, you, you mentioned Chantry House. He's a horse that's won over three miles, so he seems to have the stamina. And Lost in Translation is a is a fascinating runner, really, isn't he? Because he's um, run in this race twice and pulled up, but he's been breaking blood vessels, it seems, and has had a real sort of bad time since he ran third in the gold cup behind album photo uh what was that back in 2020 but he has come back this season with a victory at ascot in november and if this horse is at his best then he's he's definitely a player for the tizards you know he's a he's a cracking good horse he's just obviously had a few physical problems he seems to have had a few frailties and of course the tizard team weren't particularly firing last season when Lost in Translation was particularly disappointing. So it was good to see him coming back to win at Ascot. Definitely stays the trip. And on his best form, you couldn't completely discount him. But I think you mentioned St. Calvados. I mean, he weakened in the closing stages last year. Uh, the stamina is a little bit of a question mark. I think the same goes for Mr. Fisher um, and possibly Asterian Falange who runs for Willie Mullins. Uh, he was coming, perhaps, to beat Alaho in the John Durkin chase, first time out this season, only to uh, blunder and unseat um, Brian Cooper at the third last. He was certainly going to give Alaho a race that day. Uh, he seemed to be going a bit better at the time. But he has got a history of non-completions. He's, he's been a non-completer three times over fences. Plus, he is unproven over three miles. So I saw an interview with Willie Mullins, and he feels that he probably would stay the trip, particularly around Kempton. It's a fascinating race. I just feel that um, if if he brings his Gold Cup form to it, that Manila Indo could be very hard to beat. Yeah. OK, well, that's fair enough. You've answered all the questions there, that's for sure. Now, there's a few other good races at Cheltenham. Uh, Cheltenham. What, <laughs> Cheltenham. What is wrong with me? I've got Cheltenham on the brain today. Um, Kempton. Kempton. Um, yes. Which one would you like to have a look at next? Well, we'll mention the two other obvious races on the card are the, the Christmas Hurdle. Of course, that's a, a, an interesting race every year. And we've got Epitont and Not So Sleepy uh, in a rematch after their dead heat in the Fighting Fifth Hurdle. 
at Newcastle. And on that, obviously, there's nothing to choose between them. Epiton, she gets her female sex allowance once again. It was disappointing that she didn't go on and win quite impressively that day. She'd been very impressive in that race last season. And, um, you know, past champion hurdle winner, she just hasn't quite been the same, I don't think, since winning the champion hurdle. But um, she's a very smart mare. You'd have thought that Kempton would be ideal for her. Um, she won this race in good style, uh, when was that, two seasons ago in, in 2019. But last year, she was a little bit disappointed when Silver Streak, who she'd beaten in 2019, turned the tables. Poor old Silver Streak, who sadly passed away last week. Lovely yeah, horse. Yeah. And um, so it's just a question whether she's quite as good as she was. She was third to Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle. Um, a fair run. Not, again, showing the brilliance that we've seen from her perhaps a little bit earlier on in her career. But I'm inclined to stick with her because I just think that Kempton really suits her. The other interesting runner, I think, is um, is Tritonic, who won that big handicap hurdle at Ascot uh, just uh, 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 last Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's, uh, it's quite an inspired decision, possibly, by Alan King to have put him in this race because he's probably pretty sure it was going to cut up. There are only five runners in the field. And although he's got a bit to find on ratings, he was a very good horse on the flat in the past. And he'll have plenty of speed. He's won at Kempton over hurdles. He won the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle as a as a young hurdler. And you couldn't completely rule him out. And, and I think that um, one or two people might think, well, Epitant's a bit disappointed she's flattened out a bit not so sleepy he's not always reliable and then you've got two other runners soaring glory who was a bit unlucky uh, a bit disappointing last time out though it was a slowly run race which probably didn't suit him and glory and fortune who, who's probably got a lot to do and you you then think well tritonic who might be about four or five to one um might be a bit of value you know because he yeah, is yeah he he could be a real improver over hurdles now he's got the real hang of it and um and the track will really suit him so that's that's a diff- difficult race. I don't know that personally I'd be having a bet in it. And the same could be said for the previous race, the Cordo Star Novice Chase, where it's just four runners. But basically, this looks a match between a Hoy Senor, who was so impressive at Newbury last time out, and Brave Man's Game, who a Hoy Senor beat at Aintree in the spring. Though Brave Man's Game probably always going to be better as a chaser. And he's been very impressive in his two chasing starts so far at Newton Abbott and at Haydock. So what a clash that is. Uh, I think the connections of Ahoy Senor will be hoping that there's plenty of rain. There is rain forecasted for Friday and Saturday. The going at the moment is good. That'll be fast enough for a lot of the horses going around Kempton on Boxing Day. But hopefully there'll be a bit of rain to at least turn it to good to soft on the day. Uh, I can see... um, that being a bit of an issue if, if we don't get the rain. But it, just looking at the weather forecast uh, a bit earlier this morning, uh, there's a good chance of plenty of rain in the next couple of days uh, right. in the Kempton area. Well, we've certainly got plenty of rain down here today, I can tell you. It's horrible. Oh, well, it's... well, it tends to come in from the west, doesn't yeah, it? So, yeah. so there's a good chance that it's coming coming yeah. um, in the direction of London anyway. So. Yeah. Um, no. So I think we will get rain, and I think that will um, that'll be good all round, really. And uh, it should that should be a fantastic clash, Ahoy Senor versus Brave Man's Game. Uh, the other two runners, Kiltili Briggs, 
who's a, a smashing horse, probably going to be a bit outclassed. So I thought one at Haydock the other day, and uh, T Clipper, who uh, won well at Chepstow, but was a bit disappointing at Newbury subsequently. But I think they both got a lot to find, really, potentially, with um, a hoist and your is being talked about as a, a future Gold Cup horse, and as is Brave Man's Game. So, mm. fantastic clash between them. Something to really look forward to, I think. Well, go on, then stick your neck out. Oh gosh, you you always want me to do this. Yeah. I would go with. I think I would go with a Hoy Senor actually, because yeah. um, one thing I noticed at Newbury, he just tended to jump out to the right. So I think the right-handed course will suit him at Kempton. And I don't think there's much between them. But Brave Man's Game was quite well put in his place by a Hoy Senor at Aintree. I know that Paul Nichols feels that perhaps the horse was just training off a little bit. He'd run at the festival, had a tough race against Bob Ollinger. But uh, a Hoy Senor definitely outstayed him at Aintree. And as I say, even round Kempton, three miles, it's flat and quite speedy. You know, you do need to stay. So I would just favour slightly a Hoy Senor, I think. Okay, well, I've got to put you on the spot as well for the Welsh Grand National, which is also coming up uh, the day after on the twenty uh, seventh, and it's that's not at, right, and it's not at Cheltenham; it's at Chepstow. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get that right. <laughs> yeah, the first two um, initials. It's at Chepstow, um, but of course, it's going to be behind closed doors, which is a which is a great pity. Yeah, um, you know, I'm sure people down there and that's twice twice it's happened now isn't it that uh, mm-hmm. i mean they, they moved the date didn't they last year but um yes it, it's such a pity really but i guess you know it's a situation we find ourselves in really and uh, but at the moment it's obviously there's going to be some changes to this but there's a huge field at the moment of 23 no that's the number of yeah it's, it's well we haven't it. Yes, we haven't got the, the final declarations as we as we speak at the moment. I mean, it's devastating for Chepstow this, and um, it's a Welsh situation. It's not a not yeah. an English situation. I mean, it's the devolved yeah. government that made the decision, and have been very much more cautious all along. In fact, as has Scotland compared to England. You know, where we yeah. we don't really have the restrictions in England at the moment. Um, so yes, a little bit of guess what's going to run. I mean, secret reprieve. Um, Evan Williams is very promising seven-year-old, won this race last year, and he's only up six pounds. The The question is that he's not had a run this time round, whereas last year he did. He won at Chepstow before going on to win the Welsh National. And it won't, I don't think, probably be quite as testing the ground conditions as it was last year. Again, it depends really how much rain falls. It's just good to soft at the moment mm. at Chepstow. And this race... You know, in the past, has tended to be rung in very testing conditions. But you've got to consider him. I think Evan's more than good enough to get him absolutely ready first time out. Uh, the fact that Native River is a likely runner is keeping the weights down for a lot of the other horses. In fact, a lot of them are going to be out of the handicap, which makes their life hard. So it's going to be a little, perhaps less competitive than it might look because. Um, if you go down, I'm just looking down the list of entries, you get down to Secret Reprieve, and he's on 10 stone. So he's, he's going to get in very nicely indeed, actually. But um, a lot of those below him will be running off a bit more weight than they um, ought to carry, in, in, in theory, on their ratings, because Native River 
is such a highly rated horse. He's got a rating of 166. He's got 11 stone, 12 top weight. And of course, he's a past winner of this race, past Gold Cup winner as well. You know, he's a, a fantastic stalwart for the Tizards. And they've also got Elegant Escaping. He had a little run round over hurdles the other day and is past winner of this race as well. So I think he's an interesting runner. Um, Paul Nichols. I liked the look of Highland Hunter, the way he won at Sandown. It was only a narrow win over Deish Arbor, but the second horse, Deish Arbor, really liked Sandown. And it was really, I think, just a prep run for this. Mm. And yet Highland Hunter was able to win, and he was formerly trained by Lucinda Russell, who runs the Scottish National when a mighty thunder. And he had his first run in the uh, Charlie Hall chase at Weatherby. Uh, was well beaten, but they expected him to need the run. And he's a big price, 14 to 1. I thought that was quite generous, except for the fact that his best form last season came in the second half of the season and on, I suppose, uh, slightly better ground. Uh, I know that his um, uh, Lucinda's partner, Peter Skidmore, thinks that the horse is uh, probably ideally suited by um, better ground, which is the case when he won the Scottish Grand National on good ground in April so that would be a little bit of a worry I think but Highland Hunter I think uh, the race should set up pretty well for him, he's an out and out stay, he has improved, you know he's improved quite a bit for Paul Nichols and uh, um, he also may run Truckers Lodge I think as well, he's run, in the, run well in the race before but probably not in the same sort of form now so uh, at this stage without knowing the full list of runners I, I would probably um, just edged towards Highland Hunter because I thought that was a, although it was a narrow win at Sandown, he beat a horse that really loves Sandown and um, I was impressed with his battling qualities. You know, he really battled on that day and if he comes on for it, um, then, um, you know, he, he, he there could be more to come from him. And you can never really discount Paul Nichols, can you really, in these big races? He's such a master at it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, his record speaks for itself. You know, mm. 12 times he's won the King George. I mean, that's yeah. just remarkable, isn't it? You it know, is. and yeah. he's yeah. just uh, brilliant, particularly with, well, all horses, obviously, but particularly with the staying chasers and uh, what chasers really has, yeah. has some marvellous two-milers as well. Well, you know, he's uh, a past master, as you say. So, um, but there's a few old... Um, old um, favourites in the race like Ramsey's de Taille. he's he's run well in the Welsh National before as I say Native Rivers in there and uh, he'd be a very popular winner wouldn't he and uh, yeah. and there's an, there's one or two younger horses like Hold That Taut for Venetia Williams and I Will Do It for Sam Thomas who won the trial race yeah. um, uh, what three weeks ago so um and they, you know, he could be a progressive horse as well. So it's hard to say as we're having this without seeing the exact feel. But um, I thought Highland Hunter looked an interesting runner for sure. Okay, Simon. Well, that's great. Thank you ever so much for that. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's hope you've picked a couple of winners there, eh? Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to turn professional. <laughs> no. no, leave that to Colin Brown, eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, once again, happy Christmas and a new year to everyone. And to you, sir, and to you. And thank you ever so much for doing what you do for us. We appreciate it. Well, that was Simon Holt with a very concise there preview of the big race at uh, Kempton Park on Boxing Day. And, of course, the Welsh National the day after. 
And now it's time to catch up with my mate Gary Wiltshire and he's got a, some, a real special offer for you lot today. That is for sir. Gary, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon. Oh, Merry Christmas. And yeah. uh, if I don't speak to you all before the new year, have a very, very lovely new year, mate. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And the same to all of you, you guys up there as well. Now, I gather you've got something really special for us this week from Bresbet. And uh, it should it get people a little bit excited, shouldn't it, with Christmas coming up? Well, I hope so, AD. Uh, we don't want to talk about uh, betting this week because it's nearer Christmas as well. But uh, what we'd like to talk about and uh, give it to all our all your listeners there on the radio is uh, what we're going to do. We're going to give you a little competition and we're going to have it for free. We're going to put up three three uh, pairs of uh, tickets, and it's uh, food and drink, all included, plus a fifty pound free bet when you come to the box at Utopia. You know we've got our own box there, Brez Bet. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it won't cost you a penny when you get here. All your drinks, all your drinks for nothing. All your food is all for nothing. You'll have a lovely day. Uh, right in right facing the track here at Utopia, and uh, we'll also give you a fifty pound for each couple of free bet on the day. So uh, and you can come any meeting you want during the year. Uh, we've got the box there. We're going to do the competition, and the, the people are left to phone into UAD or text in or email in to the station with a result. Yeah. And uh, what the question we're going to put up. Uh, I think it's nice and easy. So, uh, it, well, I, I know the result. Anyway, you know the answer. <laughs> right, Bresbet. Yeah. Bresbet last year sponsored two major greyhound competitions. Okay. You know, we're big into greyhounds and horses as well. Uh, Nick's horse and uh, looks like uh, going to be, you know, for Fergal O'Brien and uh, Paddy Brennan, who we sponsor. Looks like it's going to be short for, for one of the races at the festival as well. But we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. So what we're going to do, Bresbet sponsored two major greyhound competitions last year. Okay. And all you've got to do is email into you or you come up with the idea or phone into the yeah. station, whatever, with a result. And it, as I said, we're putting up three, three prizes there and it's for two. So, uh, you know, so when you go there, you'll have a lovely day out. And uh, that's just the two tracks that we sponsored the big competitions last year. Absolutely. Well, that's good enough. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure that will attract some some interest from the, especially the dog lovers, anyway. But we will, I will give out some details in a minute when I finish speaking to you as to how they can get in touch with us with their answers. And uh, yeah, look forward to a great. Do you want a new clue? Do you want a little? Do you want a little clue, Aidy? Go on, then, Gary. Give us, give us a clue, mate. Come on, give us a clue. One of them. One of them. The first clue is where Bresbet are based. You all know where we come from. We've said it many times. I'm not going to tell you again, but you'll know where we're based at. Yeah. And the next clue is any any horse racing lovers at a flat. One of my favourite festivals in September, and it's lovely. We go there and uh, we go to the seaside there, don't we? And uh, <laughs> it's a seaside horse race track, and uh, we always go to the pier. They've got a lovely pier there as well, the seaside, and that's the second clue. But uh, you know. Look, AD, I'd love to see, and also, whenever, whatever days you choose, don't forget to come up. I'll be there, Jonathan Hobbs will be there, Nicky Brewer and the Governor will be there, and Becky of Bresbet, and uh, we'll get Dave Perry, Cole Perry, the top grand trainer, Dave Kay. Everyone will be there that day, 
to welcome and you'll have a lovely lovely day i can assure you that's brilliant, Gary. Absolutely brilliant. And what a, what a super Christmas present for a few people, if we can get it right. So, uh, excellent. Thank Be you very much yet. for that. Be lovely, mate. Yeah, yeah no, I look forward to it. We and, look forward uh, to it. Have a lovely, lovely Christmas, all the listeners and all your, all your people you've got on the station, including you, mate. And uh, if anyone is going uh, racing over the holiday, I'll be at Warwick on New Year's Eve. Right. And uh, Cheltenham New Year's Day. And uh, and after that, and uh, we're also gonna we're gonna be sponsoring Bresbet uh, major sporting events next year live on Sky with a bit of luck. I think it's naturally going to be certain to be on Sky, and uh, there'll be different events, different sporting events as well. And uh, so uh, not only that, but when we do it, we'll uh, we'll tell you on the station, and you can you can see what we're going to do. But uh, the year 2022. It's definitely going to be Bresbet's year. It sounds like an exciting prospect, Gary, and I look forward to that because uh, after after Christmas, you know, we want to get over the dull January days and look forward to the summer and some some exciting racing. So uh, that's that's good news. So thank you very and much. Also, for that. Don't forget, we're going to do the Cheltenham. We're going to do the Cheltenham previews as well, Aidy. So uh, we'll keep you informed with that, mate. Right, lovely job. Okay, Gary. Well, that's fine, mate. Thank you for that Appreciate today. That, yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas, everyone. And Merry you. Christmas to everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right. Well, there's a Christmas cracker from Bresbet for you, and all you've got to do is just come up with two major towns uh, where Bresbet have sponsored major dog racing events last year. Um, so, all you then need to do is to email us at info at three valleys radio.com that's three with which is t-h-r-e-e three valleys radio all one word dot com with your answers and you stand the chance of winning that fantastic prize from Bresbet. so please have a go and um you know we look forward to meeting up with you uh, in the new year sweet sweet memories you gave me you can't beat Memories you gave me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. Well, now it's time to pop back to the year 2013 when the mighty Q card won the Bet Bear Chase at Haydock under the hands of Joe Tizard. Some grief, some joy, made of this. They're off. The take flies back and the ninth renewal of the Betfair chase is up the way. And Irish Raider on a Wadami for the first to show up from Q Card against the rail. They're tracked around the first bend by former Gold Cup hero, long run and stable mate and current holder of the Gold Cup, Boxworth, in fourth. Then Sylvini Arco Conti last year's winner, the red jacket ahead of Dinas the Grey and the giant bolster is wide. Of Tidal Bay as they go to the first of their 18 fences, five fences off down the Haydock back straight to be encountered, culminating in open dip. So Rwadame on the far side of Q Card as they prepare to rise for the first time. Being pair over safely and no alarms over the opening fence. So Rwadame from Q Card and Long Run, Hobsworth and Sylviniaco Conti, Dinaz Tidal Bay and the giant bolster crossing the second. Rwadame not very high and Tidal Bay just a little laborious over it and towards the midpoint in the back straight first time. Rawadami and Jason Maguire from Q Card and Joe Tizard leading pair jumping well there. Good lead from long run 
Foxwood was over in fourth, just ahead of Silviniaco Conti, and then Dinas from Tidal Bay with his familiar high head carriage, and finally the giant bolster. Over the fourth they go, and Card landed just ahead there from Rewadami. Long run going up between them in the hands of regular pilot Sam Whaley Cohen. Now the first of the four ditches in the race. Cue card right of me and long run. The first three to land from Bobsworth. Silvignaco Conti shadowy. And then Dinast, Catholic to Tidal Bay and finally for the giant bolster. So five fences safely behind them. They begin their swing towards the top of the straight. To the end now of a mile in the Betfair chase. Cue card and Joe Tizard holding the inside here, just shading the advantage from Rawadami and Jason Maguire, a length and a half long run and Sam Whaley Cohen, tracked by Barry Geraghty aboard Bobsworth, the dark blue jacket, Sylvaniarco Conti and Noel Feely wide around from Dinas the Grey under Tom Scudamore, Tidal Bay and Sam Twist and Davis, and finally the giant bolster and Dennis O'Regan. Here's fence six, cue car jumping boldly there, a prodigious leap, falls safely to the other side with some 12 or 15 lengths first to last, Another ditch coming up to them quite sharply. Q Carter Awadami, long run, Silviniaco Conti out wide alongside Bobsworth and Dinast. And Bobsworth just had to put himself right there. Tidal Bay last but one, and the giant bolster away to the far side, last of this classy eight strong field. So up to fence eight. Q Card on the right, and long run joining him in the centre. Awadami and Silviniaco Conti. Only a couple of lengths separating this quartet. Tracks by Bobsworth. Three lengths then to Dinast, and then Tidal Bay and the Giant Bolster. Here's Fence 9, brings them to halfway, and a good leap in the centre by Long Run. He attacked it with Verve there, and with ears pricked, he shares the lead with Q Card on the far side, and near side, Rawadami, a circuit to travel in the Betfair chase. So Viniaco Conti stalks the leading trio, with Bobsworth up his inner into the next turn. Dinas follows, two lengths to Tidal Bay and four or five lengths away to the giant bolster. So way to the far side once more, the further nine fences to jump. Hugh Card, ridden, typically positive fashion, trying to prove his stamina in excess of three miles here. Rawadami, the downhill winner, is shadow. Long run right behind that. Then last year's winner, Silviniaco Conti, just ahead of Bosworth and Dinaston. Tidal Bay, a typically patiently ridden, has to be finessed and cajoled into it. And the giant bolster being cheated along by Dennis O'Regan remains last but in touch. So fence 10 coming up to them. Cue card from Rawadami. And then Long Run, who continues to jump soundly. Silviniaco Conti on the far side. A Bobsworth as Rawadami gets a reminder. Dinast is in close touch. And then Tidal Bay and the giant bolster, and they arrive at the 11th cue card and their long run wasn't so good had to put himself right the giant bolster blundered in last place tidal bay was a bit slow and had to be chased away from the landing side and silviniaco conti breezes up to come and pressure cue card with a mile to travel rawadami disputing third with long run uh, garrity just angling for a bit of daylight out wide on boxworth he's got the great dinast as his shadow then tidal bay ridden more firmly and finally the giant bolster next plane fence on the far side cue card uh, jumping boldly in front, he led by a couple of lengths there as they now move to the penultimate ditch. Five out in the Betfair chase, Card and Joe Tizard from Long Run and Sam Cohen and Card had to put himself right. Silviniaco Conti travels powerfully, Dinast is up into fourth and Geraghty is uh, nudging away on Bobsworth in fifth place, up six lengths off the lead. Rawadami has dropped out quickly and has been passed by Tidal Bay and the giant bolster is last of all.
So they begin the swing for home with just over half a mile to travel and four to jump. Pew Card has got Silviniaco Conti and Long Run right on his tail. They in turn are tracked by Dinas. Geraghty crouching low on Boxworth turned into the straight in fifth on the far side. Tidal Bay nursed into it and then the giant bolster and still plenty of chances. And Q Card is the one to pass. Here's four out in the bet fair Q Card. Silviniaco Conti mounts his challenge on the near side. Willie Cohen administers reminders to Long Run a little outpaced. Bolsworth can't get to them. Dinas chasing down the leading pair, but it's last year's winner, Silviniaco Conti, who goes on. Here's three out. Q Card back for more. Dinas launching his challenge. Clear now from Long Run in fourth, and then Bobsworth and Q Card finds a bit more for Tizard's urgings. Dinas the Grey produced a challenge. Silviniaco Conti under the fence, two out. Q Card by a length on landing from Silviniaco Conti and Dinas. Three with a chance. One left to jump in the Betfair chase. And Q Card trying to fend off Dinas and Silviniaco Conti. Here's the last Q Card. Spot on there. An accurate lead. Two lengths ahead. Dinas is chasing him up the running. Q Card, though, is finding plenty for Joe Tizard's urgings. And Q Card takes his Q in excess of three miles and storms away for an emphatic display in the Betfair chase. Q Card from Dinas. Silviniaco Conti last year's winner back in third. Long run fourth. Then Tidal Bay, Bobsworth, and a giant bolster. Okay, Joe, well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Um, basically, what I want you to do is to go back to 2013, the Betfair Chase at Haydock. You were on cue card and you won, but uh, what memories have you got of the race? Oh, I remember, it's like, um, there's a lot of pressure going into that day. You know, the dad was um, was put under a bit of pressure from, from the owner, and, um, and then sort of them pass that on to me so um, I remember the owner phoned dad at five o'clock that morning saying are we sure we're doing the right thing stepping up to three miles and um yeah then dad phoned me and I was I was pretty confident in the, in the horse and then you knew it happened but it was it was a tense old morning and, and dad travelled up with the owner and, and I met him up there and he was just he was a bit under pressure and sort of made sure I knew about it yeah. um, and the race itself like went went beautifully to plan you know he travelled he travelled really well through it jumped great and um he won it he won it he won it very comfortably you know I, I i i knew i knew enough about the horse and that and i knew um i knew they would try and put our stamina in, up against it so um but it was just a lovely part, thing about q card is he just had that he, he had all that pace and then and then he then he was able to stay so it's um we could just ride him and just use his gears and relax on him and um and, and then just fill him up fill him up and always give him a chance to finish his races yeah did you did you feel at any stage that you weren't going to win the race <laughs> no no it's one of those nice races Places where where I was was always was always in, like in control. When we turned in, you know they they loomed up to me, but um, a couple of nice jumps or three or four out and three out, and and that was it put the race to bed you know it's um it's a long old straight at Haydock so it always like, I was just trying to preserve as much as I could and like not let not let them take me on too soon but um I, I, there's one of one of the smoother rides on him to be honest the going generally at Haydock it tends to be a little bit sort of gooier than at some tracks I mean was the going ever ever any sort of uh, of a problem with it or not no well he didn't mind he, like that year I think it was just good to soft and um you know, so it was it was perfect ground. Sometimes it gets very wet and takes a lot of getting. So it's um, but but that year it's just it was it was all right for him on, on that occasion. You know, he was in he was in lovely form and it was it was all right for him that day. And and in your sort of, you know, your list of winners that you've had over your career, where does this one start? You know, stack in terms of uh, was it the best winner you've had, or were there other ones that you considered to be more worthy? Um, it's right up there. You know, it's it's a grade one, and um, you know, I was lucky enough I think I won nine grade ones so 
you know, it's, it's, it's right up there. But um, and it also put Cucard into the next league. You know, it, just, yeah. it, it, it took him on a took him on another another step forward. So in in and towards being a towards being a Gold Cup horse as well. So um so it, like it was, it was right up there. And um you know Kim rung Dad and made Dad emotional that day. And it's just um you know it was one of the, our biggest races from the yards point of view at, at the time. It was it, it was certainly one of the biggest ones. But um. Yes, it was. It was a good one. Was was it Cucard's first Grade One or not? No, because I think that the Ryanair was already a Grade One, wasn't it? And that, um, and that came before that one, obviously. That came before, yeah. 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 Only like, only six months before, but um, so I don't think it was Kukat's first grade one. I don't think the bumper's a grade one. I think that's a grade two at the time. But um, yeah, no, I don't think it was his first one. I think it was. I think he already had the, the Ryanair, and maybe even his Ascot win before that was um. It was a grade one as well. So, but basically, it, it sort of established you and the horse and the whole, you know, the whole yard um, as as you know top notchers, basically, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was just we were living the dream that we could turn this horse into a Gold Cup horse, and it was his first win over three miles, and um, so so made that made that certainly a certainly a possibility. So, Joe, um, what about injuries? Did you get any major injuries whilst you were riding? Yeah, I uh, had one major injury. Other than that, I was I was quite lucky. I did a collarbone, little bits and pieces, and the odd rim and that. But my I had one major injury. I broke my back um, at Hereford one day, which resulted in um, you know I had I had uh, I've had two vertebrae um, fused with a bone fusion off my hip, and yeah. I had rods. In, so I was basically had rods above and below as well, and I was. Yeah, so I was out for eleven months with that, and um, two quite major. Do I put the rods in and to take them out, and um, you know, it was, uh, had a bit, little bit of bruise into the spinal cord and things. So that was that was my one major one. Um, but you know, like <laughs> typical jockey, like as long as you get away with it, it never it never fazed me. You know, it was a long old, it was a long yeah. old time on the sidelines. It was long long road, long road back to recovery. But um, you know, it, it never deterred my determination to get back and start riding again and what about what about now is there any sort of after effects now after you know you've retired and you're not riding now or you, well, you are riding because you're riding no, now but no no touch wood like, no it's um I don't know if I will do later in life or not but at, at the moment touch wood is fine you know I might get I might get a couple of days a year where I where I give it a tweak or something but um but as a rule you know, I, I don't even know about it. I'm not very. I haven't quite got as much movement in my back as I used to, so I'm not very good at the, the picking up the cornflake wrapper off the floor game at Christmas. But that's um, <laughs> as far as it gets. Yeah, good, good. And of course, needless to say, having got Joe with us, we couldn't afford to let him go without finding out what his thoughts were on the King George coming up on Boxing Day. The King George is about two two weeks away, roughly. Can you give us an update on on how things are looking for your two entries? Yeah, they're. Um, I think. I think it looks like we'll probably just run lost in translation, isn't it? As as it stands at the moment, um, we'll probably wait a bit for filler on the roof. But um, yes, yeah, so we're lost in translation with the forecast after today. It's meant to be meant to be reasonably dry, I think. So um, that'll suit him because he likes a bit of decent ground. Yeah. Um, you know, he got back on track when he won at Ascot. Um, in the I don't know the Chanel Farmer. Grade two last time, and he's come out of it really well. He, he looks, he looks fit and well at the moment. And um, you know, we haven't had a lot of luck with him in in the two King Georges he's running, but he's he's been wrong after both times. And you know, he, he's right at the moment. So um, so excited about running him. You know, I think 
we've always felt that a track and uh, three miles around Kempton would, would play to his strengths. And um, no reason for us to, to change to change our, our view on that now. You know, do you feel generally that, that you know you you you've got over the nightmare of last year in terms of the, the stable and, and horses not running to form? Definitely. I mean, it's um, it just shows we've had a frustrating week with seconds in in the last week. But um, but that's that's horse racing. They're still at least they're all running their races. Yeah. Um, you know, they definitely they have. We've got we've got some lovely horses, and that as long as they're running and they're staying through the line, then then we know they're right. So it's um, yeah, that's. That's where we are. I mean, that that well, last year, I think it was a combination of lots of things, but um, but but we put that behind us now, and the horses are healthy and well. Yeah, yeah. And Native Rivers down to run as well. How's he looking? He he's no, he's not that. He's not for the King George. He's down to run, and he's still got an entry in a well in the Welsh National. I haven't actually discussed that after his second up at entry two weeks ago. I haven't actually discussed that with the owner yet whether we are going to go. Welsh national route back in a handicap or not but um, the handicapper has actually dropped him but it doesn't count in the Welsh national because the weights were already out so um, I shouldn't have thought that would be the case but the horse is really well and I, like we, we, we want to run him while he's got his conditions on, on, on the softer ground but it just um, <clears throat> it just at the moment doesn't seem to it's, it's not a stack of races for him so um, I haven't, I haven't had a conversation about the Welsh national really, but I can't, I don't think that will happen. Hmm. Okay, okay. Thank you, Joe. That's great. Thanks for keeping us up to date. Well, uh, thanks to Joe Tizard there for giving us uh, an insight into the preparation and what's going on with regard. Now it's time for our weekly catch up with Jamie. Well, Jamie, thanks for joining us again. Um, up for parole, are you? Oh, well, <laughs> very, very good, Amy. Very good. Um, that, uh, you're, you're probably the master of the Christmas cracker jokes, right? Okay, enough of the pathetic jokes. Um, a good winner, though, nonetheless. <laughs> I quite like the pathetic jokes. We're in, we're in the we're in the se- the, 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 the the season of. Uh, Sad jokes, aren't we, Eddie? Yeah, I suppose we are, really. Christmas cracker jokes, aren't they? But uh, I suppose you're quite happy anyway today because you won 5-1 yesterday, didn't you? Your Arsenal time. Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I wasn't very happy because I know the manager of Sunderland quite well, so he wasn't very happy. Yeah, quite right. It's quite right. Good stuff. It's always nice to see the Gunners winning. Yeah, well, you might think so. but Anyway, we'll move on from them. But no, up for parole. A good winner for you, yeah? Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, obviously um, on ITV on a on a Saturday, any any winner's a a, a good winner, as as we know. But um, I, when it's on ITV on a Saturday, it's it's obviously broadcast to uh, to, to a far wider audience. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was, it was lovely to see him going going and putting his head down and battling on bravely and, and winning nicely. And Gavin Sheehan's have had a very good run lately, hasn't he? He's a very good jockey. He's very good. Yeah, he um, he's he's a good man to have on our side. We've got a great team of jockeys, and and obviously he heads it up. Page is obviously doing very well, and we've got a couple of younger lads in the yard as well. So no, it's um, it, it's great. Um, so Christmas is just around the corner. Um, what, what's your routine for Christmas now? Then how how do you, how do things? Have you, have you got any more runners before Christmas or not? No, we've had our last runners before Christmas. Um, obviously we we had a we had a great run. 
Um, five, I think we had five five of our last ten runners were, were, were winners. So it was um, a, a good a good a good run. Now now there's no no, no more racing until till Christmas. So uh, we're going to go and have lunch with mum and dad today. Um, we, we we do the sort of family thing, and uh, and then we're we're back in the in the yard. Obviously, horses to ride out. Um, we'll have a bit of a, a staff Christmas Eve. Um, champagne and mince pie party as well, and uh, and then Christmas Day, and um, and then obviously racing begins on Boxing Day again. And have you got much over over Boxing Day? Any any you know likely winners? Uh, well, we've got a few entries. Um, I'd say I, I I quite like a horse called Corny Cello. I think he'll probably go down to Fontwell on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, I think he he might have have a chance. He he was third first time out over hurdles at Foss last. He was useful on the flat and. He's really developing into it and, and progressing into a nice sort. Right. And, and anything else that we ought to be keeping an eye on? Um, we'll run representing Bob again. Um, I think he's still handicapped to go and win again. Right. Um, and, uh, and and other horses to look out for. Bob Boy, um, No Anxiety. Um, Kilsilly Briggs, I think, will run in a Grade One, but he might be up against it on on uh, on Sunday. There's a couple of good horses in it, but there's decent prize money down 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 for third. So, um, yeah, no, it's an exciting time. How how much of a blow do you see? I mean, obviously, it's not happened in England yet, but Welsh they're, they're obviously behind closed doors again now. Um, much of a blow from your perspective, or does it not really affect you that much? Well, as far as, as as far as racing horses is concerned, it, 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 you'd like to hope that racing will carry on as as, as per as per normal. Um, racing behind closed doors is is never great. Um, ultimately, we're in we're in the the spectator sport, the entertainment sport, and you know we we need owners, we need we need spectators, we need a crowd. It all, all funds prize money and and goes into the pot. So um, it, it, it is obviously very worrying, um, but you'd like to hope that racing can continue. Uh, as as is, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's not good for it's not good for the industry. It's not good for for for, for everyone's mental well being as much as anything, is it? No, quite absolutely. And having sort of been there and got over it, it's a, it's a real blow to have to go back to it again, isn't it? That's uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, problems with it, I think, from most people's point of view. Well, look, Jamie, have a have a really super Christmas. Um, loads of winners, I hope. And uh, if you get any any tips, you just let me know, old boy. Okay. Yeah, that's very kind, Eddie. I'll, I'll be straight on the phone to you. Of course you will. You've got far more th- <laughs> important things to do, I know, mate. But uh, but no, joking aside. But have a nice Christmas and uh, uh, enjoy your meal today. And uh, we'll speak uh, next week. Well, that was Jamie Snowden here up at Lambourne. And now it's time to catch up with our two resident jockeys on the show. First of all, we're going to catch up with Gavin Sheer. Well, good afternoon, Gavin. Um, just a one ride this afternoon up at Ludlow. Um, third, I think, yeah? Yeah, third. Nifty getaway for Archie Watson. Yeah. Um, she, she ran a nice race. Yeah. Um, now it's a, a couple of days off, um, which for you guys I should think is a bit of a luxury. Um, but um, I just particularly wanted to talk to you today about... Uh, wait a minute, I've got the wrong page on the computer. Where's it gone? Here we go. St. Calvados and... Uh, discordantly so let, let's start with St Calvados what sort of a chance do you think you've got um, look it's, it's the King George um, it looks a very competitive race this year um, but he, he's in great form um, the team down in Bitchet there Mickles he's, um, they've got him in great form 
Um, so really looking forward to him. He ran a massive race in the massive race race last year, and um, I'm hoping he can go three places closer this year. And of course, he's got a, a couple of other horses in in uh, Frodon and um, 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 the other one escaped Clanders Obo. Uh, yeah, uh, of those two to start with, who do you see as the big danger? Um, I would nearly say Clanders Obo. Yeah. Um, you know, Frodon won the race this year um, over in Ireland. Um, he, won, he won this race last year. He's obviously, you know, a very good horse. And uh, But I don't think he'll have his own way in front this year. And it's... Um, I reckon things will be dead out a little bit differently this year, but it's a kind of Oba. I think he's just got a lot of class. It's still a fresh horse. Yeah. Um, I think he's the one that, um, to me, I'd be more worried about. And and Harry's riding him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets, presumably, he gets the choice, the first choice. So uh, that could be a, a, a hint in itself, could it not? Possibly, I'd, I'd say. Um, like I, I, I ride St. Calvados is my ride, um, and I think Briny actually rides Frodo, and that's her ride. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure is it the, the the whole choice thing or not. I no. think I, I think he's happy with the ride he has, but I, I don't think it was by choice. Okay, so moving on then to um, Chepstow behind closed doors, which is a bit of a, a pain from a point of view of the atmosphere. I take it. Uh, what what sort of chance has discordantly got? I think he could be a big runner. Um, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't gone down through the form that well. Um, but like, I, I I had a quick look at him. Um, he's running some big races and uh, like the Tri Town. But I would, I I I I think he's got a cracking chance myself. Dear, mm. and you're on yeah. you're on form. So the two together, then we should be on to a couple of uh, a couple of winners, then, eh? Hopefully, um, <laughs> the Nader River runs, which which you know everybody, uh, a lot of horses will be off a uh, very low low weight. Yeah, which means uh, I won't be having too much turkey. Um, you know, even though it is, yeah, it is after Christmas dinner because you still have the leftovers, don't you? But uh, I've got ten stones, so it means I'll have to go run and everything in the morning. Um, uh. but yeah. That's a bit of a pain on Christmas morning too. You can't even have a lying, can you? No, exactly. Oh. Crack on and get on with it. But that's my that, that's my job. Uh, my busy time is when everybody else is off. Yeah, yeah. It's tough at the top, old dog, isn't it? Eh? Imagine what it's like for me. Yeah. <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> I, I wouldn't class you at the bottom, that's for sure. But look, thanks ever so much for talking to us, Gavin, and uh, you know, keep up the good work. I hope you have a great Christmas, and, and more importantly, I hope you have a good double there between St. Calvados and Discordantly. Oh, one other thing, what about on to victory in the uh, the Labrooks We Play Together handicap hurdle? Yeah, Alan King's horse in great form. Um He's obviously a very nice horse, um, but it probably just looks the tough enough race for him. Um, but look, he'll be there with a fighting chance, and as I say, they're in flying form, so that would put him in with a chance anyway. Um, yeah. he, he ran a nice race around Wincanta the last day. Um, but yeah, look, I, 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 I'll, I'll take a winner and, and the, the Welsh National. Yeah, okay. Okay. That'll be, be a nice Christmas present for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, have a great, great one, and, and obviously a very successful one. Don't don't get too fed up having to do your run in the, on Christmas morning when I'm lying in bed doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> and um, enjoy your scraps 
at lunchtime and uh, we'll talk to you next week if that's all right, Gavin. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Thanks very much and Merry Christmas to everybody that's listening. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks a lot. See you soon, Gav. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Gavin Sheehan and now probably on the same stretch of motorway is Nick Schofield all coming back from Ludlow. Well, good afternoon, Nick. Thanks for joining us. I take it you're on your way back from Ludlow now, are you? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, just driving back. Uh, last race meeting before Christmas. We now get three days off over Christmas. So, um, yeah, and then enjoy those few days. Rest and uh, let's go again after a busy period after Christmas with Boxing Day. And then I think Kempton, Chepstow, and, yeah, we go on from there, really. Yeah. Um, you had a good winner yesterday. Was that an easy race, race or did you, you know, was it, you have to work hard for it? Yeah, we had to work a little bit. It had to penalty. You had to give weight away to the others. So, um, yeah, nice horse. He's won his last two now. So, um, be a nice horse going into the new year. And, um, yeah, nice to get a winner. And, um, Alistair Ralph's horse is continuing good form. So, um, you got two rides on Boxing Day at Fontwell. Um, wrist to Ar- have I? Boxing Day, yeah? Uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, box day's still up in the air at the moment. Oh, is Not it? Not sure where I'm going. Oh, possibly right. Kempton, possibly Weatherby, or down at Fonmar, like you say. But um, declarations aren't until tomorrow morning, so we'll make up our mind then. Ah, oh, right. Okay. No, I was going by one on this racing post page on the, on the computer, you know. But um, are you looking forward to having a, a, a winner, maybe? Yeah, look, we'll try and pick the best chances, wherever that may be, and uh, hope for the best. Um, it's obviously a lot of meetings on. Um, and it's hard to keep everybody happy and um, hopefully we go to the right meeting and um, come back a few winners yeah absolutely but uh, it must be nice to have three days off now without uh, too much uh, worry yeah no obviously you've obviously got racing on the forefront of your mind um, actually got a fellow jockey's wedding tomorrow so that takes up a day and I'm sure I'll end up having to do something Christmas Eve so um, but, yeah it's nice to just take the foot off the pedal a little bit and um yeah, and then we will hopefully be fresh for Boxing Day and we can kick on and uh, hopefully ride some winners. I suppose you won't be able to go mad on Christmas Day with a turkey then? No, definitely not. Obviously, you've got to keep your weight in check. I'm, I'm averaging around 10 stone 7 at the moment. I wouldn't want to get too much heavier than that. So, um, yeah, we'll keep check on that and um, hopefully not too many lightweights on Boxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Nick, thanks very much for all the efforts that you've put in over the year for us on Three Valleys Radio. Really appreciate it. Have a good Christmas, and let's hope it's packed with winners. Um, don't overdo the turkey, as we just said, but um, I hope you have a very successful successful Christmas, and we'll speak to you in the new year. Thank you very much, and I wish you all a Merry Christmas, and hope you enjoy your festive time. Thanks a lot, mate, and uh, you know, you take it easy. Drive carefully. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, Nick. Well, that was another travelling jockey. Of course, that was Nick Schofield. And as I said earlier, he was probably on the same bit of motorway that Gavin Sheer was on talking to us. But now it's time to catch up with you-know-who, Colin Brown, the cheeky chappy. But he's on safari again over in Sweden. Well, good afternoon, Colin. How the devil are you? On safari again. (laughs) Get around a little bit, don't we? Yeah, no, I'm in Sweden, actually. I've been concentrating on the racing. I've bet a couple of winners this week, and uh, so that's all very helpful. And uh, yeah, I do my I do my um, homework out in Sweden, uh, as it were. I do a little bit. I've plugged up the Racegoers Club, so 
We had a great evening floor there at the club, which is a great club, actually, if anybody's interested in joining the Race Goers Club. It's very little money for a lot of entertainment, and they have a horse or two. And so the other night, I organised a sort of Christmas special, just a bit of banter, uh, and looking forward to the King George and the um, and the, Cor- the, the Coral Welsh National. Uh, so I had Simon Holt on, I had Richard Dunwoody on from Spain, and yeah. Pete Scudamore uh, from um, from Scotland. So oh. we are, and actually. A.P. McCoy was going to join us, but he said he would if he was back in time from London, but he didn't get back in time. Texted me to say sorry, but say hi to everybody. So we had a really good night. It was a bit of fun. And so, yeah, I'm keeping keeping my eye in out here. Keep my hand in, if you like. Yeah, yeah, jolly good. Well, that sounds like a good crew that you had on board anyway. Certainly did. Um, yeah, so looking forward to the racing on Boxing Day, which, of course, is Sunday the 26th. And there's so many race meetings listeners, that I just haven't, uh, you know, looked at everyone. And also, you know, we're sort of, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of got a couple of days in between, her, if you like, because of um, Christmas. So, you know, things can happen, non-runners, ground, frost, snow, or a- everything, really. So, you know, I've picked out what I think is going to run, and uh, I'm going to concentrate on Fontwell, Wincanton, and then Kempton Park. Okay, that sounds good, mate. Okay. So we'll start at Fontwell, shall we, Amy? Start at Fontwell, yeah. And uh, I, quite interesting, the first race at Fontwell, um, Gary Moore's also in terrific form. He's got a horse called He Could Be the One, and it's been placed, but pulled up actually, and then placed in a decent race in France. It's quite nicely bred by Sir Rocco, German bred. And I could see this one winning the first race. 11.57, Fontwell. Number six, he could be the one. He could be the one to start us off on a good note, hopefully, and um, put a few bob in the uh, in the locker, if you like, for uh, the first day of, uh, of our racing here. Now, uh, Jamie Moore, he loves, you know, he loves uh, riding around Fontwell. He's a great rider around there. He's a great rider anywhere, but... Um, I think he might win the second as well. He rides a bit for Chris Gordon now that Tom Cannon has really sort of uh, clicked with Alan King. Tom's not quite so, he's not quite so available. So the Tin Miner, I think, can win. Now, this horse just needed the run when third to Impel. And Impel, if you remember last week, was just beaten at Ascot. Probably would have won if it hadn't been badly hampered at the first jump. And um, I think the Tin Miner will win the second race at Fottwell Park. And that is, time-wise, 12.32. Talking of last week, you um, had four winners last week, Colin. Did I? And seven That's to two. Enough, really. uh, Adrimel, seven to two. Um, yeah. Shake Em Up Harry, six to five. Palmer's Hill, seven to two. And Anne Sam, seven to one. Very good price answer. Thank you. Well, that's not too bad. Um, yeah. Moving on then, um, the 107 here at Bottle Park. Yeah. I think Gary Moore and, 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 and um, jo- uh, not Josh, he's off injured. Jamie will win this. They run a horse called York Sea. Well, when I was um, at uh, the other day, it was second to a horse called Inter December. And before that, it was third to Night Salute at Cheltenham. I mean, that is pretty good form. It's a winner in France, 
York see it scored, I think you'll find that that will win the third, the one oh seven. Are you having an affair with them? Are you having an affair with Gary Moore or something or what? I am. I am. I Uh, I was going to say it does show a little bit. You know, I think. uh, I know it goes up, comes out, comes Uh, out, and what I talk about. Yeah, we're very close. Um, because I think I think I think you cheeky monkey I think he'll win the um, I think Gary will win the scene at football on on, um, on Boxing Day with number two Roy Armiuni and uh, that was second that was second third should I say Cheltenham the other day when I was there ran a real good race done with lively citizen and a horse that they thought would win they thought it was a certainty Broomfield Bird finished second and Royumi Uni is, uh, was third that day and honestly my affair continues with Gary Moore because I think that will win now he's got a couple of other runners down there at Fogwell but I'm going to give it a miss I'm going to just put those first four up at Fogwell and hope that they go and win I could easily see them doing that Okay, well, let's hope they do. Let's hope they do. Right, shall we move a little bit nearer to Mary and get down to Wincanton? Why not? Why not? I'm sure Mary will be maybe going over to Wincanton. I don't know. You know. Is she likely to go to Wincanton, do you think? Go. And happy Christmas to Mary. Uh, I suppose Mary might be taking a trip across to Wincanton with her. Daughter Jean, you never know. Well, it's not uh, far, is it, from Gillingham? So, no, I could leave them a couple of badges or something; they'd be absolutely fine, wouldn't they? Yeah. Now, I think they'll probably be staying home by the fire, maybe watching a bit of racing on TV. You now, Mary's really interested in racing; so yeah. she's really got the hang of it. Yeah. And uh, gets down the bet novels and all those sort of things. You know, hope <laughs> she hasn't sort of taken up smoking or drinking or anything, because that's what happens in horse racing. You get interested in betting, and then you start drinking too much and then having silly bets so hopefully yeah. she hasn't done that don't you I'm sure, I'm sure she hasn't she's a very sensible girl I'm sure so if she's any relation to you she's got to be sensible isn't she absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> right let's let's find some winners at Wincanton come on um, then go for it good, good yeah good racing there um, good racing there uh, uh, Aidy and uh, in the in the uh, 12.53, I can see a horse winning called Little River Bay. It's trained by Philip Hobbs. It's owned by Sir Christopher and Lady Waits. It unfeated last time out at Warwick, but before that was a ready winner at Worcester and at Utoxter. And I would think can um, with, you know get back to winning ways here today. So that's my first selection in the 12.53, number one. Uh, on to the 28. It's a handicapper and it looks a pretty competitive little race, to be perfectly honest. Um, oh, I was looking out for all the Harry Fry had in this, but I can't see it now. I think that might not be running. Here. Yeah. No, uh-huh. it's not running. So I'm going to stick with another one of Taylor Pobs's here, and it's called Man of Light. In the 128, it's a horse that um, was third at Ludlow last time out. It's been running well. Second at Kempton, it was a winner at Bangor earlier in the year, and I don't think it will be far away. Man of Light in the 128 at Wincanton. 
Okay. Uh, right. We're talking about Tom Cannon just now. Back. He is down at Wincanton riding in the Lord Storbridge Gold Cup. Was Lord Storbridge? You remember it, Lord Storbridge? Was he a was he a friend of yours, uh, maybe? I always mix with lords. You should know that by now. Of course, of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. Like yeah. All right. That doesn't surprise me. No. Doesn't surprise me. Look. Look, look, it's a tricky race, but I think, um, what's the name, uh, Nichols can win it, Paul Nichols, called uh, Rocket, uh, that horse uh, number three in the Lord Sawbridge. I think he'll take a lot of easing. Right, on to the rest of the card here. We've got a horse called William Henry. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he took the third attempt's handicap. Um, he's the horse that's dropping down the handicap. He's now with... Um, Sam Thomas was with uh, Nicky Henderson and he's a horse that's got some very good form so that's the one I'm going to go for but he won the, the Coral Cup back at Cheltenham uh, off of a mark of 151 he's running off a of 144 and he's ridden by Ben Jones good little jockey so I think William Henry will take the beating there in the per attempts the other horse that really should show a bit more form than he has of late and that is if the cap fit from the stable of Harry Fry so wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that one went quite well as well so we'll leave, leave them as a forecast that William Henry and if the cap fit so that's my lot listeners at um, at uh, Wincanton mm-hmm. and uh, Aidy if we can move across to the great Kempton Park a place where I used to love to go on Boxing Day I wasn't always lucky there. I rode a few winners there, but I got off the King George winner there one day. I fell at the last in the Christmas hurdle when Floyd, I think, would have won. Um, but I did ride a few winners. I got beaten a short head two years running in the King George on Coombs Ditch. So apart from that, you know, uh, lucky, lucky place. Yeah. So in the 12.45, at Captain Listeners, number two, Broomfield Berg will win. And if he wins, then Gary Moore's Rudy Army Uni uh, will be a good thing when it runs uh, at, in its race down there at Bommel. So we'll start off at Kempton. First race, 12.45, back number two, Broomfield Berg. That's the winner. On to the second race. It's a handicap, a limited handicap chase, should I say, and a really, really good race. Um, some good horses in this race, the likes of uh, Iconic Muddle, another one of Gary Moore's. Also, I feel has been a little bit unlucky called Danny Kerwan uh, in the past. Um, Mr. Coffey from the Henderson Yard that uh, runs there was there at Newbury last time. That, that won't be far away as well. And Bothwell Bridge, which is ridden by, uh, by um, what's his name? Uh, Nicky Nico de Bombo. Yeah. I think, yeah, Nicky de Bombo. Uh, I think this wins. Number three, Boswell Bridge for the 120 in a competitive race there at Kempton. In the 155, it's a Porto Star Novices Chase and Brave Man's Game is the 11 to 8 on favourite. If you remember the other day, I napped a horse that I thought would win and that was a horse called uh, Ahoy Senor. And I think that will win. Ahoy Senor uh, at... Um, at Kempton Park in the 155. It's trained by Lucinda, uh, skewed partner, if you like, and they 
think an awful lot of him. I think he could be a very, very good horse. He won at Newbury the other day. Before that, he unseated in a good race up at, uh, where is it, um, Carlisle. So, Ahoy Senor in the 155 at Kempton Park for, on Boxing Day. We've got the Labrook Christmas Hurdle. What a race this is. You've got the likes of Glory and Fortune. He's the rag at 33. Not so sleepy. Might need a bit of rain. He's a bit enigmatic. Soaring Glory. Disappointing last time out. Tritonic. Bit of a surprise winner for me in a very competitive uh, handicap over Ascot the other day. And then you've got the Mayor Appetant. She is getting five pounds because she gets the men's allowance. Um, I think she'll win Epitome, to be perfectly honest. She did easily at Newcastle with not so sleepy. Um, on the track that I think will suit her a little bit better, I think Epitome takes the Christmas herbal. You mentioned about the weather, we, Colin. Uh, I can tell you yeah. uh, on the spot this morning it is uh, horrible. It's dull, right. it's grey and it's yeah. raining. So we're not that far oh, from Wincanton, so there'll be a little bit of rain certainly today. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but certainly today it's raining. No. Right, OK. Well, I think everywhere needs a bit of rain to be perfect. It's been yeah. quite dry autumn, so they, the trainers won't mind that. Certainly Huey Morrison wants that for his horse. Not mm. so sleepy. Right, on to the Labrador's King George the Sixth. Uh, last year, Froden won the race at about 11-2. to 2. He could easily get out in front and sneak a lead and wouldn't be far away. But he's being met this year by informed forces like Watson Translation, who's been pulled up twice in the race, but he's informed now. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise, and he went very close, uh, although not a horse that I've followed a lot. I quite like Chantry House. He's another horse that really, he's unbeaten in his last four runs, and he absolutely hacked up at, um, in a in two-horse race the other day. That was only uh, at, uh, at Sandown Park. Horses like Mr. Fisher and St. Carvados trying the trip for the first time. Um, it's a very good race. And a couple of runners over from the Willie Mullins yard. Astiron Falange, who uh, unseated at Punchestown, was third chantry house at Cheltenham. So Willie has held there. And horse called Tornado Flyer. And then, last but not least, ridden by Sportswoman of the Year. And that is Rachel Blackmore, Manila. Indo and really Manila Indo was third at Jamal first time out behind um, Froden but I think he'll turn the taps today and I think Manila Indo's got the best form in the race and I think he'll take a bit of beating. Clan Lobo I haven't mentioned him but he's won two King George's but pulled up last year but you know he did bounce back before wasn't it at Weatherby, no punches down the end he beat Alboom Photo and also winner up at um, I mean, this is a very good King George, but I think the Irish might just have the upper hand with Manila Indo for me to beat. I'm going to go with Chantry House, who's in tremendous form and could be, you know, a, a big improver, only a seven-year-old. So they're my two against the field, number six and number two listeners. And that is it, because the last race on the card at um, Sandown, at Tokemba Park, should I say, looks pretty tricky and I'm not going to go for anything. Well, look, I tell you what, before you depart from Kempton, um, St. Calvados, I've uh, been talking to Gov yep. Gavin Sheehan, and he's very upbeat yep. about St. Calvados, and it's a good price, so uh, might be an each-way chance, 20 to 1, that is. And, uh, of course, yeah, my, my old favourite, Lost in Translation, um, lovely horse, such a nice 
beautiful yep. animal. Uh, I think he's got yep. a chance as well, and he's twelve to one. So there's two you yep. know, reasonable prices that uh, you never know. You never know. No, no, I quite agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, oppose any of those two um, for, for, for uh, each way each way backers. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, That's... listeners. Wow. Happy Christmas and happy Christmas to you, young man. Well done for all your hard work throughout the year. You really, uh, I think, uh, put a smile on a lot of people's faces uh, through your radio program. And um, it's been a lot of fun just, uh, you know, having the pleasure of speaking to you a few times a week and doing a radio show with you. So well, well done to you. Well, I can't say I, I couldn't have done it without you, mate, and you know that as well as I do. So, uh, you know, I can say thank you very much for all your help during the year, and long may it continue. Make sure you don't get too yep. ill on those um, those fillets of cod or whatever you're going to eat over there in Sweden, <laughs> and, and just just make sure that the Swedish chef does the job properly. But uh, yeah, blubbly, blubbly, blubbly. Uh, uh, I've got that, I've got a that uh, fish. Actually, if anybody wants to look it up, it's called loot fish. L-U-T-E fish, and it comes out of the Baltic or somewhere. It's um, quite interesting. Yeah, well, I think I'll pass on that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Don't blame you. Having a good Christmas, Colin, and um, we will speak again fairly shortly, I'm sure. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, don't get uh, too drunk over Christmas, and, um, yeah, enjoy yourself. You. I will. Take uh, care. And you. Cheers for now. <laughs> Cheers for now. Bye. And finally, last but by no means least, it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. You all ready for Christmas? Yeah, we're all ready. And uh, we've finally got the new oven installed today, which was a, a miracle in the end. Oh, good. <laughs> good. We can now cook the turkey. Oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> that's that's just, uh, that's the main requisite for tomorrow, isn't it? Not tomorrow, uh, box, uh, Christmas Day. Saturday, yeah. yeah. All right, Saturday, uh, yeah. I, I get all mixed up. We're all days now at Christmas time, don't you? Uh, certainly do. Don't know what day's coming and what day's gone. No, so, exactly, no, exactly. So anyway, where we're are we going to go gonna today? Have a look over the, we're going to have a look over the card at Kempton for Boxing Day, which is mm-hmm. uh, the normal big race uh, card for the weekend. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll start there with the 12.45 race and uh, one that we like quite a lot of and... Uh, He's called Paso Doble. He's a bit of a dancer, but he gets on with things on the track sometimes. Yeah. And uh, Harry Cobden's going to be riding him for Paul Nichols. He won well back in May over course and distance, and he beat a horse called Bombay X. And, in, and behind him was a horse called Voice of Calm. Now, Voice of Calm come out next time and won very easily by four and a half lengths. And Paso Doble's come out, and he's run very well in a Class 1 Grade 2 event at Kempton. And then he came second again over course and distance and uh, he come out at Taunton on the 9th of December and he won how you wanted Harry Cobden had a handful still went across the winning line yeah. so obviously the horse is uh, improving but he did throw a bad run in at Chepstow in October so uh, just a little word of caution there but we yeah. think he's got the ability and uh, he looks very well there so Paso Doble in the first race there at Kempton on Boxing Day Right Moving down the card, got uh, another one of the Paul Nichols team, uh, the one twenty race, Danny Kerwin. Again, going to be ridden by Harry Cobden for Paul. Uh, he, he's a winner of a pumper race, and he won two races over hurdles as well. But his future's always been destined for the chase fences, and uh, 
a very strange thing. He, he was given his Chase debut up at Cheltenham, which is probably one of the hardest tracks for Chase racing there is on the whole circuit. And uh, obviously he's coming to Campton for this one, and it's his second run over the fences. So uh, it be very interesting to see how he gets on there. But the strength and depth of the race he was in at Cheltenham was... Uh, Quite astonishing, really. He finished second, and the winner of the race was called Annual Invictus. He's come out and won again. The third in the race was Torn and Frage. He's come, well, he's come out and finished twice second. The fourth horse was called Favor. He's come out and won since. And the horse that was in last place in fifth, back on the lash, he's come out and won as well. Hmm. So it just shows you the strength and depth of that Cheltenham yeah. debut run that he had over fences so uh, we think Danny Kerwin's well worth having a nice bet on in the 120 race there at Kempton on Sunday OK moving down to the 155 uh, we like the chances of uh, Scottish Raider Ahoy Senor going to be ridden by Derek Doc Fox and trained by Lucinda Russell he won impressively at Newbury last time out he won by 31 lengths beating one of Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore's horses, uh, Mr. Invincible, I think it was called. But he could have won it by 50 lengths if he'd wanted to. He just galloped him into the ground. Yeah. And when he was overheard, he beat Brave Man's game by seven lengths up at Aintree last year and was running away from him going up to the line. Now, in this race, Brave Man's game is the favourite and Ahoy Senor is second favourite, which doesn't make sense to me when he's already given the horse a good kick in over beating it seven lengths in Sefton up at Aintree last year over hurdles and uh, what he's come out and produced again over the fences as well since so uh, it's one of them he's five to four roughly at, at the moment with William Hills and all the big bookmakers and uh, Brave Man's Games is odds on and I've got a funny feeling once the betting settles down that may well flip the other way and the Hoy Senor becomes favourite but he's definitely the one that we're going to be having the money on in the 155 there Ready up down to the 2.30, we've got a repeat of uh, Fighting Fifth, really, with Epitonte taking on uh, Not So Sleepy. And Epitonte in Fighting Fifth up at Newcastle a couple of weeks back, she came there with an absolute handful. And she just took a gasp of air on the running and uh, let, let the others come back at her. And she ended up having a dead heat with uh, Not So Sleepy. I think uh, she's had that run into an hour and she'll, she'll be back on full, full form, sir. She's odds on four to five at the moment with uh, Ladbrokes, and it's very appealing to me to be having a bet on her, but we're trying to wait and see if, if we do get a bit of even money about her. But i got a big feeling that Epitonte is going to show a lot more form than uh, not so sleepy this time out. So that's a 2.30 race there at Kempton. Right. Moving down to the big race of the day on Boxing Day, the King George, a 3.05. Uh, we're going to side up with Manila Indo, uh, Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. Won the Gold Cup last year in 2020 and is the horse for Champfield in, in uh, RSA back in 2019 from a, a million miles behind jumping the last fence. And we all see what Champ come out and produced last weekend. So uh, we know that quality and form of that one now he's had a back run this year and he finished five lengths behind Froden at Down Royal but what you've got to remember is when he was fully tuned up in the Gold Cup he beat Froden 34 lengths so I've got a funny feeling we're going to be seeing a lot fitter and a lot better Manila Endo this time out than he was at Down Royal uh, a couple of weeks ago priced up around about 130 with Paddy Power and uh 
it's one that I think uh, Rachel ba- Blackmore bandwagon is going to be uh, rolling on with. But it would be nice to see Rachel Blackmore and uh, Bryony Frost having a battle on the running with the two horses, Manella Indo and uh, Frodon. That would be a bit special in uh, in the big race there. So yeah, sure we're siding up with uh, Manila Indo. Radio, okay. Last race on the card, 340, a horse that we quite like the chances of here is on to victory. Kevin Sheehan's going to be riding him for Alan King. He's always looked to be a good hurdler, but he's never really got up in the ratings. And he's won for handicap marks of 125 and 127. And he's now dropped down to a handicap mark of 123. But to show the strength of this fella, he rung Huckham on the flat to a length and a half at Goodwood. Now, Huckham went on after that race and won three group one, uh, class one group three races and got beat ahead in a fourth one. So it shows the strength of onto victory can produce on the flat. And at some point, he's going to have to produce it over the hurdles as well. And I've got a funny feeling we're going to start seeing a lot better horse over the hurdles now he's getting a little bit older. So uh, the 340 race at Kempton uh, onto victory. Well, just to add to that, um, Gavin Sheehan was on the show, or is on the show this week, and uh, he feels quite confident about it. So, uh, and that comes from the jockey himself. So, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Now, anyone going to Wincanton on uh, Sunday? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a little bit of information coming in the first race. A horse called Petticoat Lucy is going to run a very big race. So uh, I haven't actually had time to look through the form of it yet. It's it's one of them. We've got eight race meetings on on Sunday, and yeah. we're just ploughing through them at the moment. But what we have done, we've had a quick look at Chepstow for Monday with the Coral Welsh Grand National on, and uh, we like the chances of one in there called the Big Dog. Uh, it's a dual hurdles winner before going chases and before going chasing, and he won the big race for Punchestown, the Irish Grand National Trial Stakes there, over three mile four. So his best form has been produced in excess of three miles. So uh, going over three mile six at Chepstow on Monday, it'll be uh, very interesting to see how he gets on. But obviously, we haven't got the declared runners on anything else for Monday, so we can't really look at a lot more there. But we do know we do like the chances of a big dog in the Coral Welsh National. Okay, lovely job. Thank you very much, Dave. No problems, mate. Hope everyone has a nice Christmas and uh, we bash your bookies in the new year. Why not? Why not? And a happy Christmas to you too, mate. And thanks for all your efforts during the year. No problem, mate. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. Speak to you soon. Well, that, believe it or not, is that for this week at least. Uh, another nearly 40, one hour, 40 minutes long show. So we've got plenty to listen to there and hopefully plenty of tips for you. Uh, And all it really remains for me to say is do have a fantastically great Christmas. Eat as much as you like. Who cares? And we'll join you again uh, next Friday. Usual time, usual station. In the meantime, enjoy yourselves and let's have a really great racing weekend. (laughs) 